so the man coming up here next, I think we all know and love, uh, a dear, dear friend of mine, uh, Mr. Danny Davis, uh, has been in the ministry, goodness gracious, long time. He, he was a PK, so you know, you know how that goes. So he, he kind of didn't have a choice. I was a music minister's kid, so here we go. Um, but, uh, you know, Danny and Jennifer and Anna and, and Connor, they're just, they're just wonderful, wonderful people. And I'm, I'm blessed to get to work with Jennifer a lot as uh, she's the choir director at Sharpeville High School. And, um, man, they're just, there's just no better people uh, than the Davises. So I'm thrilled to have him uh, here to bring the word to us today. Brother Danny. Thanks, Philip, for the kind words, and even more importantly than that, bringing us to God's throne through your leadership already this morning, and choir, and um, instrumentalists, singers, that was a great time of worship. Thank you. I feel like I could go home right now. I'd be just fine, right? We had a good time of worship this morning. Um, let's, let's start with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into what God's laid on my heart this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time that we have. to just gather as brothers and sisters in Christ and put the things of the world outside the walls of this building and focus on you. It's something we do weekly, and sometimes we get a chance to be here more than once a week, but we're grateful to be able to have times of worship and to declare, as we just declared through song, that we trust in you no matter what's going on around us. I pray that when we leave here today, we'll have even a deeper commitment to our faith in you. And how important it is that we keep our eyes fixed on your glorious Son, Jesus Christ, in the midst of what goes around our world and what's happening to our world every single day. There's a peace, there's a comfort in knowing that Jesus is Lord and that he is in control. And that is our claim today, that we trust you, Father. We trust your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here. Uh, Jennifer and I have been back in Mississippi since about 2004. So I graduated from seminary in Fort Worth, Texas at Southwestern Seminary uh, in 2003, December of 2003, and was already putting my resume out for churches and that kind of thing, and God called us to a church in Meridian, Mississippi, and before we were able to move, Jennifer was still teaching and needed to finish the school year out. I started Easter Sunday, and they flew me. Uh, from, from Texas to Mississippi, and the typical flight that I would take would be out of DFW Airport on a Northwest Airline flight to Memphis, Tennessee, and then get on that little, I don't know, I can't remember the name of that plane. I should have looked it up. It's the one that's got the two engines back on the back, back there like a little Cessna kind of, and uh, you know, you, you, you have like 11 rows of three chairs, you know, on that little plane. Yeah, yeah. The faith tester, and and that's where I'm going right here. If if you didn't see a theme in the music, thanks, Philip, for 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 having that theme of faith and trust in our worship today, because that's what the message is about. 
on that one of those flights, I uh, got on there and really nice little stewardess working on there. And we got to talking and she told me how that she loved this flight and she used to work the big flights and all that kind of stuff. And this one was so much easier, you know, and she'd been she'd been a, a stewardess for about eight, nine years, you know, and just loved doing that. Uh, well, I kind of knew before even I'd left Texas on my, we'd fly from Memphis down to that uh, Pine Belt airport between Laurel and Hattiesburg and uh, knew that there was a chance of some weather, right? Well, it got about time after we took off from Memphis and they t- the, the pilot was like, we're going to have some rough weather. Landing might be a challenge. So, you know, just keep your, f- keep your fingers crossed. Well, sure enough, it got time. It got time to land. You know that flight's so short. By the time you get up, you're going down. You know, and uh, we 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 started making our descent. And sure enough, man, there's lightning flashing all around us. And that stewardess that had been doing this job for nine years was sweating bullets beside me, <laughs> and she was strapped into her seatbelt tighter than anybody. And I knew, boy, if, if we're moving up and down that much that this lady is this nervous with as long many flights as she's been on, boy, we, we're in a situation here. And I looked at her, I said, she, she's, I, she'd already found out I was a minister and all that kind of stuff. I said, are you okay? She said, you need to start praying right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's moments like that there's no question where people are putting their faith and trust, right? You know, I mean, even those that aren't in a church today in that situation start turning to God, don't they, for help. When you realize one big blast of lightning and a gust of wind drops you 500 feet like that, you know, and you think, you know, uh, that we really are in God's hands. But guess what? Even sitting here in the comfort of this room, the same is true. Amen? Amen. It's very, very true that all the time we are in God's hands. We're going to look at a pretty big chunk of Scripture today. I'm not going to read word for word through it, but I'm going to talk you through it. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 8 this morning. But that night, we put our trust in God on that plane, landing there in that little Pine Belt airport in the middle of nowhere. And, and God protected us. And you know what? That doesn't mean there's times where God may see fit to allow something to happen that's tragic too, though, right? There's crashes and lost lives many times. That doesn't mean He's still not in control or that He doesn't care about those people. And over the last couple of years, I think us as Christians, we've had the same kind of opportunity that I had on that plane to show that, yeah, my my faith and trust is in God. I was on another flight um, before that on my way. in two, Well, that was actually after that. In 2006, on my way to Germany, a flight from Houston, Texas, and we had a, a stop where we changed planes in Newark, New Jersey. We had crosswind issues. And when, as soon as one tire went down, the wing almost touched the ground. That's how much that wind hit right when we went to land and he had to take back off and was to do another try, right? Well, I was sitting by a Catholic priest that day 
And we'd been talking, we'd been joking, he'd been telling Baptist jokes. I'm a Baptist preacher growing up. He was, I was telling him Catholic jokes and that kind of thing. We just had a ball on the planet. All everybody around us, we were just having a good time, you know. Well, as soon as that happened and we had to go back up, uh, he let a, some vulgarity out of his mouth. The Catholic priest did. And, and I said, it's okay, Father. I'm here for you to confess, you know. And so immediately, you know, we just, it, it's, it's nice to be around, you know. Uh, it, it was a scary moment, but both of us had faith God was going to take care of the situation. If he didn't, that was his will. You know, if it didn't pan out the way we wanted it to. But it did. And we ended up being safe on that, that flight as well. So I want you to think about a question. As we've faced something that most of us, I don't think, have probably ever faced in our lifetimes over the last two and a half to three years. Last night was kind of a, a, a very uh, gratifying thing, Philip, for me. I hope, I'm sure it was for you. Because two and a half years, or two, I guess three years now ago, we were planning to do a concert. We had already done rehearsals, and I know you'd worked with soloists. I mean, we were, we were ready to, to do it. And then the shutdown just plain happened, and we finally got to do that concert last night. It was the Schubert Mass in G, and, and just a, a fun time, a great time. But it's glad when you can finish something that you didn't get to finish, right? And we were able to do that last night. And there's still a lot of those kinds of things happening now as things are trying to get back to normal, right, uh, since the pandemic began. But I want you to think about this. Are there things that you have lost faith in over the last couple of years during this pandemic? Think about that. Are there some things that you have lost faith in over the last couple of years during the pandemic? Let me, ha let me share some things that I've questioned. Money. Gas is a little bit higher than it was three years ago, isn't it? So beef, right? Groceries. I heard on the radio this past week that per person, per month, is $250 more in our country per person. So if we've got four people in our household, that's $1,000 more a month that it costs you to live than it, on average than it did three years ago. That's a big difference, isn't it? I hope you're not putting your faith in money today. It, I mean, it's nice to have to help take care of, feed, and clothe and shelter. We have to have it, right? We trust God for it to give us resources so that we can provide. But who knows? I mean, it could get worse. It's been worse before we were alive. I mean, just think about it historically. Can you imagine living 200 years ago and trying to get to church today? Horse and buggy. Cooking over a fire for breakfast, right? I mean, that was the only way to do it. No electricity. You know, that prayer that we prayed for stewardship, well, that's a real honest prayer, isn't it? That God takes care of us. He gives us fire and water and warmth and fresh air to breathe. Those are the little things that maybe we've taken for granted because 
goodness, I don't know if we've been blessed as a culture or as a, in the world or, or cursed because we've become so comfortable with all the things we can just get at a moment's notice, right? Even that phone in the children's sermon, you know, being able to play a little game like that that gives us a little moment of gratification. It's easy to take that for granted. Some of y'all probably remember as kids what you did. You didn't play video games. You played with sticks and rocks, and you were happy with it, right? You know, climb a tree. That was fun, right? Still fun. Another thing, have you lost faith? Or have you, maybe you never had it in this, but I've always questioned it, but now I've really questioned it. Science, right? Science is constantly changing. I mean, the things that we've seen over the last three years with masks and vaccines, doctors disagreeing, you know, it's hard to know who to trust, right? Another thing, government, politicians, the media, those things are things that, man, I tell you, couldn't put, them, put your trust in that in Jesus' day. Still can't put your trust in that today. Education. Who's really the experts in our culture? Who can we really trust? I'm here today to let and remind us, if you don't already know this, as Christians, as those who say they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity in the middle of of pandemics, or terrorist attacks, or war, disease, famine, whatever comes in this world, we have an opportunity to show the world the one true thing you can put your faith and trust in. Amen? Amen. We've sang about it today. We've prayed about it. Let's look at God's Word and see what His Son has to say about it. Matthew chapter 8. So there's six stories in this chapter. As I said, I'm not going to really read through word for word every bit of this. But I want to hit on all six of these stories because there's a common theme. Y'all can guess what it is already in these six stories. People putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But there's some different little twists in each story that we'll look at. So before this story happens... In Matthew 5 through 7 is we have the only time that we know about that Jesus stood up and did what I'm doing right now, preaching a sermon. He had the Sermon on the Mount. Most of the time Jesus is teaching, and it's a small group of people, right? It's His disciples. It's a, a smaller group. But this is the one time that He spoke in front of a large crowd, the Sermon on the Mount. And the unique thing, chapter 8, starts and tells us everything he's saying was what they needed to hear. And they learned a lot from it to the point they followed him wherever he went. And that's how this chapter begins. He came down from the mountain where he just preached this sermon and the large crowds followed him. And right away, a man with a serious skin disease came up to him. Some of your translations may say leprosy. And knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And reached, reaching out his hand, Jesus touched the man and he said, I am willing, be made clean. 
And immediately the disease was healed. And Jesus told him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses prescribed as a testimony to them. So that's our first story. Jesus heals a man with leprosy. A man who puts his faith and trust in Jesus. The second story starts in verse 5. He came to Capernaum. And a centurion, a Roman centurion, came to him and pleaded with him, Lord, my servant, he's lying at home paralyzed and he's in terrible agony. And Jesus told him, I'll come to your servant and I'll heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be cured. For I too am a man under authority, having soldiers under my command. And I say, go, and he goes. And another, I tell him, come, and he comes. And to my slave, I say, do this, and he does it. Hearing this, this is a real cool verse, verse 10. Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, I assure you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. Here's a Gentile, a Roman soldier with more faith than anybody Jesus has seen in all of Israel. He says, I tell, Jesus says, I'll tell you, many will come from the east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in the kingdom and in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why is Jesus saying this stuff about hell and condemnation? Because if you don't, Show faith in Him. That's the worst thing you can do is to not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And here's a centurion seeing Jesus, hearing Jesus, knowing this man's different. He's different. And I can trust Him to help my servant. So Jesus told the centurion to go. And as you have believed, let it be done for you. And the servant was cured at that moment, the centurion servant. The fourth, I mean, the third story begins in verse 14. Jesus went into Peter's house and he saw his mother-in-law lying in a bed with fever and he touched her hand and her fever left her. Then she got up and began to serve him. And when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all those who were sick so that the, what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. So Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. Let me just stop there for a minute. That just shows you how much Jesus really loved Peter. Right? Because that tells us Peter had a wife that was going to have to leave her family, right? I mean, he, Peter was going to have to leave his family to follow Jesus and, and show this kind of kindness to his mother-in-law. Verse 18, another story in this chapter, following Jesus. Jesus saw the large crowds around him. He gave the order to go to the other side of the sea. This is the Sea of Galilee. And a scribe approached him and said, Teacher, I will follow you. Wherever you go, this is somebody who's seeing all this cool stuff, miracles Jesus is doing. He's a great teacher. He wants to be part of the hype, right? He wants to be cool. And Jesus told him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, 
but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Lord, another of his disciples said, First, let me go bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Trusting and putting your faith in Jesus and following him is more important than anything in this world. And these two guys' heart weren't in the right place, were they? They had other things that were keeping them preoccupied with trusting and putting their faith in Jesus. The next story starts in verse 23 of chapter 8. As he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was sleeping. So the disciples came and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to die. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, you of little faith? Isn't that funny? The Roman centurion had more faith than he was seen in anybody just a few verses ago. And now his own disciples is with him all the time and sees everything he can do. He's asking them, why do you have such little faith? He got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm over the sea, and the storm ceased. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. And then the last story that we see in this chapter begins in verse 28. He had come to the other side, to the region of the Gadarenes, Two demon-possessed men met him as they came out of the tombs. They were so violent, no one could pass that way. Suddenly they shouted, What do you have to do with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a long way off from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. If you drive us out, the demons begged him, send us into the herd of pigs. Go, he told them. So when, the, when they had come out, they entered the pigs, and suddenly the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the water. Then the men who tended them fled. They went into the city and reported everything, especially what had happened to those who were demon-possessed. At that time, the whole town went out to meet Jesus. When they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. The story ends in this chapter with, People being upset at Jesus and the things he can do. But what I want to focus on are those that put their faith and trust in Jesus. So as we look at these six stories, we see a man healed with leprosy. A centurion shows incredible faith. Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law and casts out demons. And we find out that following Jesus isn't easy in this world. There's things that we have to sacrifice. There's things that we have to give up in order to follow Jesus. Jesus calms a storm, and then at the end, He heals two demon-possessed men. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to answer out loud if you're okay. If you don't, it won't be the end of the world. But I'd love if we could get some input from you on a few questions. This is the first question. What do these stories teach us about God? Or about Jesus? Can you think of something these six stories teach us about God? It's okay. You can, you can just answer out loud. Something that these stories teach us about God. Think about that first one. Jesus heals a leper. What does that story teach us? Jesus is for everybody. Right. Sorry, I 
He's not just for a few. He's for everybody. He's for the unclean. But people that wear watches, it's for, it's for those people too. Can you think something this shows Jesus has power over? Healing a leper. Over disease. I heard something else. The, the body, sickness. What about science? Science would say this person's in bad shape. To the point, this person had to stay secluded from everybody and had to quarantine. <laughs> right? Do we know what that's like now? We kind of do, don't we? But guess what? Jesus has power over science, over disease, over the things of this world that come along, no matter how they got here. Now, does that mean that we just walk around without a mask if we're supposed to be wearing one or don't get the vaccine? That's between you and the Lord. We're not going to debate those kinds of things. But we do know Peter told us, as well as Jesus said, give unto Caesar what's Caesar's. That means we do need to respect the decisions our government makes unless it totally makes a sin against God. I don't think wearing a mask is a sin, so it's okay if you're wearing a mask. It's okay if you get a vaccine. You know, we've got all kinds of foreign substances we put in our bodies. It's okay. But if God leads you not to do that, that's okay too. I think we've wasted a lot of times, even, even as Christians, arguing over that kind of stuff in three years. Don't y'all? Let's just put our faith and trust in Jesus. If your friend decides to do one thing, don't criticize them for it. Love them. No matter what. If you decide to do something, people should do the same for you. Now, we live in a rough world, right? We make a lot of, a lot of, man, with social media, goodness gracious, it's a mess, isn't it? The things we see on Twitter and Facebook and those kinds of things. As Christians, we have a huge opportunity to show the world where we put our faith and trust. Didn't mean vaccines are bad, but my faith and trust shouldn't be in that. It should be in Jesus. Amen? Another thing we can learn from these stories. What about when Jesus calmed the sea? What does that story teach us? He's got power over nature, doesn't he? You know, hey, there's, there's natural disasters all the time, aren't there? You know, we've not had, I mean... Just recent was it last month in January up in Kentucky, that tornado that came through? You know, we had a bad storm possibly that was going to come through just last week. Um, and we knew about the potential, right? But that Kentucky storm, when those people went to bed, they were telling them they were going to get light rain. Can't put your faith in the weatherman, really, can you? <laughs> you know, there's one right there. And lots of, how many people? 30, 40 people lost their life that night. You know? God's in control. He can calm the storm. He can divert it. You know, we've all heard those stories about the tornadoes that took out every house on the street and then there's that one that doesn't even look like it's been touched. Right? There's no way to explain that. There was one in Meridian before we moved to Meridian. Everybody talked about uh, a little baby was found caught up in a tree hanging by the limb alive and they had to 
get the fire truck with the big ladder out there. You, there's no way to explain that except a guardian angel help that baby be spared, right? You know, those kinds of things. We can put our faith and trust in Jesus. It doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen, though, because we live in an evil, sinful world. What about the stories about the demons in Jesus' cast? What does that story, those stories teach us? Jesus has power over the supernatural. He has authority over all these things, over nature, over disease, over demons. That means anything evil in this world that can cause evil, Jesus has power over that. Who does this teach us? We kind of got on this with what Philip said at the beginning. Who does this teach us that Jesus cares about? He cares about you when you're sick. He cares about you if you have high status like a centurion, a Roman centurion. He cares about every socioeconomic level in our culture and any other culture. He cares about mother-in-laws. Amen? He cares about everybody. Jesus, these stories teach us so much about Him. What is something these stories teach us about humans, about us? We're hard to please. We're stubborn, aren't we? We are. We are hard to please. We're sinful people. We are stubborn. Anything else you can think about these stories teach us about us? Life's life's difficult, isn't it? Natural disasters, diseases. There's, There's evil in the world. Life's difficult. So, can we get through this life on our own? We can't, can we? Who do we need? We need God's help. We need Jesus' help to get through this world, everyday life. We need His help with everything that we come across in life. So if we're following Jesus, when the bad times do come, whether it's COVID or a Hurricane Katrina or a tornado or spiritual warfare, we can get through it with God's help. So what should we be doing? What should we be doing in preparation? And then we find this in the middle of this chapter, what Jesus is calling people to do. Not everybody wants to do it, though. What is it? Follow Him. Follow Him. How do we follow Him? We look in His Word. We see what His Word's telling us to do. To trust in Him. To put our faith in Him. To help others do the same. To spend time in places like this with other followers of Jesus. To encourage one another. You know, when we come to church... No matter what's going on out there, when we leave church, we ought to be be able to say, man, I'm so glad I went to church today. I don't know what I'd do without my brothers and sisters at church. It helps me. It's the pep rally for the rest of the week for, for believers. Amen? That's what church is. That's why we need it. We need one another. 
We need God. We put our faith and our trust in God and help bring others to Jesus. Let's bow our heads as we prepare for our time of invitation this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so glad that we have your word as an example. No matter what we face in life, it's been a hard three years uh, through a pandemic and continues on. But Lord, help us know that we can put our faith and trust in you and your son, Jesus Christ, no matter what happens. Help us to use every difficult situation that we face as opportunities for others to see our faith and trust in you. God, we see things changing in our culture to the point that we see less and less people uh, opening and coming through the doors of church buildings. And we see a lack of faith and trust. But God, that doesn't mean you've forgotten us. That doesn't mean you don't care. Lord, help us to be faithful in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.